I was gonna wear a short sleeve shirt like that, but I didn't want to like rock my guns like you are. Wow. I have, I have a reputation to maintain. Don't do that. You do me. have a reputation. <laughs> Well, man, it is great to have you here today, and I was just back in Life Kids where you were hanging out with the kids. I've never seen those kids so quiet and so attentive to what was being said. Yeah, I, I, I guess I have that effect did, on kids. Did you threaten them or anything? No, I didn't. What's funny, though, is uh, we have a friend back in Green Bay, and uh, she, has, she has a son, and uh, he, whenever I'm not around, he can't stop saying my name. He's Ty, 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 and when he prays, he speaks gibberish, and the only thing you understand is Thai. He's like, Thai, Thai. But then when I come around, he hides from me. And if I ever try to pick him up, he runs to his mom, and then he like gets this sad look on his face. And then when I leave, he's all sad, and then he's saying my name again. So I guess I have that effect on kids. I don't know. Well, it's probably somewhat the physique and then that voice. Man, if I had a voice like that, I might be have a ministry. You know, I might be able to preach. So... Well, hey, it's great to have you here today. We want to kind of just kind of get started on a couple of questions. And, and, and thanks so much for taking um, time out of your schedule. This is your bye week and kind of your off week. And so, uh, so for you to come and hang out with us, we're, we're, we're honored uh, that you and your wife Remy came and, and are here and a part of what's going on. Talk to us a little bit. Tell us your journey to the NFL. I know you grew up in Dallas. Mm -hmm. And uh, so walk, walk us through a little bit of that. Uh, probably at the age of six, five or six, I told my mom I wanted to play football when I turned seven. And I told her I wanted to be in the NFL. So when I turned seven, she signed me up. And uh, ever since then, I had this dream and this goal of I'm getting to the NFL, doing whatever it takes. And every time I stepped on the field, it sounds so cliche, but I knew I wanted to get to the NFL. Little League, I played to make sure that I could be good in middle school. In middle school, I played to make sure the varsity coaches would see me. And then I got to varsity. And then, then I went on to college and then college to the NFL. So it's, uh, it feels like God's been been with me every step of the way. So did they play much football in Texas? Is that not really, deal? no. No, not at all, huh? <laughs> And then went on to Stanford. That's not an easy school to go to or get yeah. into. So, so yeah. you're, you're, you're more than just bronze, man. You, you've got quite a brain to be able to go to Stanford. <laughs> I had no choice. If you knew my mother, you, I had no choice. <laughs> <laughs> so as tough as you are to meet, to meet mom, that's even more tough. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah. Good. <laughs> All right. So, so talk to us. You're, you're, this is your third season in Green Bay. What is it like? playing on that field? What is it like to run out of the tunnel? What What is it like? Just explain that a little bit. Uh, it, it's incredible. The energy level is insane. And uh, it's something I've always dreamed of. And, uh, you know, it's hard for, I think it's hard for anyone not to enjoy. Um, it's just, it's a phenomenal feeling to be out there and, and to have a fan base where they support you 100% um, no matter what. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, just incredible fans. Incredible, incredible yeah. fans. So, talk about uh, some. Tell me some of your favorite teammates. Some of the some of the favorite people that, that you play with, that you work out with, that and you go to work with every day. Um, there's been a, there's been a couple guys over the this, just this past season that I've built relationships with, um, and that's Martellus Bennett and Lance Kendricks. Uh, Martellus Bennett is um, he's very creative. He's very um, intuitive. He's a really smart guy. Um, he always has a lot to say, which I'm sure is shocking to everyone. But um, um, he's, he's, he's an awesome guy. He's got so much character, and he cares so much for everyone around him. And Lance, um, Lance doesn't really talk too much, um, but you can tell he's, he's, he's a thinker. He observes everything around him. And when he does speak, you know, it's usually something very deep, something profound. And 
it's just it's it's incredible to be around those two guys. So what what about on the opposite side? Who who are some of the the, the most fiercest opponents that you play against? So these are the guys that's like, man, this is steps my game up when when I know they're going to be on the on the opposite side. Uh, on on the defense. Yes. Uh, well, Mike Daniels and and I'm sure everyone knows how intense he can be. Um, but Mike is an incredible competitor, and he just he flips his switch. Like, he's the nicest guy, and he's, like, this huge guy, but around his kids and around other people when he's off the field, he's just soft. And I don't mean that in a bad way. He might try to hurt me if you heard me say that. <laughs> um, but he's, he's an incredible guy, and, uh, but on the field, he, he turns it on. <laughs> Makes it happen. What about another team? Is there somebody that when you're, when you're an old man you're playing against, this is going to be some intense competition? Uh, the, the two years that, that we played Atlanta, um, watching Julio Jones and you know, watching the way he works and how he's perfected his craft, it's just, it's, it's amazing. And he's got all the physical gifts to go with it as well. All right, so speaking of Atlanta, I'm, I'm there at the game uh, when you guys played them at the, the opening night there in the Mercedes Dome. The noise level was intense, insane, like the loudest I've ever. Have you been in a louder place than that? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, I don't know if it was because it was opening night and, and the Dirty Birds were in town or what it was, but I mean, it was just like <laughs> nuts. How do you hear the place? How do you how do you guys even operate on the field like that? Can you hear each other? Uh, sometimes no. Um, like if we like just being this close, I have to yell as loud as I can for you to like even maybe try to comprehend what I'm saying. Um, but you, we study so much throughout the week and we practice in that kind of environment with loudspeakers and our walkthroughs and in practice that um, it gets to a certain point to where sometimes I don't have to hear what's being said in order for me to understand what's going on. Wow. So, so a lot of that then would come back probably to the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. So what's it like to play with Aaron Rodgers? Uh, it's like it's, it's feels like a once in a lifetime opportunity just with, with his gifts. Um, physically and intellectually, some of the things that he does, I've never would have expected to think about or try to do um, to help my quarterback. Um, some of the things he thinks about, it's not something that I, I probably never would have thought about unless I got it from him. And he sees things before they even happen. Uh, sometimes in the huddle or in meeting rooms, he'll say, now when I call this play, I want to run it this way this time because I want the defense to do this. And that's exactly what he does. And that's exactly what the defense does. And then we score touchdowns. And I'm very, I'm very happy. Right, I bet you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, you want to, you, you want to, you got some more NFL questions or what do you want to do? Nah, let's get to the good stuff. All right. So tell me about your faith in Christ and being raised in church in Dallas. And when did you come to faith in Jesus Christ? Talk, talk to us about your story. Yeah, so uh, I grew up in the church. Uh, my grandfather was a pastor. All the men on my mom's side of the family were either pastors or deacons or something in the church. I knew the Bible. Uh, I remember going to Sunday school and having to recite the books of the Bible in order. Um, I remember, you know, all the hats that uh, the women in my family would wear. Um, if anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about, um, there's a scripture in the Bible that tells women to cover their heads in church. And in Southern Baptist churches and black churches, like every woman covers her head. They live that out. They live it out. And some of those hats are just, they are, let me just say, phenomenal. Um, <laughs> and every week it's a different hat. But I, mem I remember having to dress up and 
So basically, I, I knew how to be religious. I knew the law, but I didn't really know how to be spiritual. I didn't know how to have that relationship. And that's something that's grown over time just from knowing his name. And I think the balance of spiritual spirituality and religiousness, we find that, you know, in in our own personal ways, our own journey. But for me, it was all the way religious. And over over course of time, as I began to know Christ, probably um, when I say know Christ, I was baptized at 10. I mean, really like dig deep into this word and this relationship. That was probably my senior year in high school. What, and then, what, what, what caused that, your senior year in high school? Uh, there was just a lot of things going on uh, in my life. And then I had a lot of questions. And I'm not, I'm not one of those people that where when there's a question that arises or something that doesn't really make sense, I just turn it off and say, oh, that's a contradiction. No, I, I can't deal with that. I'm over that. Or no, that doesn't make sense. So that must be false. Like I'm, I'm the type of person where I need to go to the source and I need to go figure out what this answer is. I don't care what anybody else told me. I don't care what I learned growing up. If this is a relationship, I remember sitting down and opening my Bible and being like, all right, God, it's me and you. I know you're gonna win, but now what? Like, <laughs> let's 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 get this figured out. I got questions. I need answers, and they say everything is in here. And there would be times, nights. Uh, Remy could tell you she was like she was texting me, um, probably around around the time I was getting ready for the draft. She would text me, and I wouldn't respond for like eight hours. And she would think something. She would think something was wrong with me. Um, and I told her I was like, I'm sorry. You don't understand. I went through Romans, Hebrews, Revelations two or three times, and I was just stuck. And I was legit wrestling with God, you know, asking myself questions like, you know, when when Jacob was wrestling with God, um, you know, was it really God or was it an angel? Is it a lowercase G? Is it a lowercase L? Is it a capital L? And I really started to study this word. That's serious stuff. Yeah. All right, hey, so what I want to do right now is if you were, are interested, you've got a faith question that you'd like to ask Ty, there's going to be a number on the screen. You can actually text your question now live. In a few minutes, we're going we're, we're, we're to kind of end our time together with just some live questions, if that's all right with you. Yes, and don't, don't, uh -oh. don't, don't be afraid. Ask me, even if it's a question that something you've been dealing with. I may not know the answer, but I could probably help you. Uh, tell you my process on how we'll go about finding that answer. And if they stump answer. you, it's like a free ticket or something, right? I'm just thinking, no, no, no. <laughs> All right. So if you want to, you can check that out. So I, I don't want to interrupt you, but so you you just, instead of pushing away from or just looking outside, you just went deep into God's Word. Yeah, I, I made it about me and God. Uh, it, it was no longer about what someone else said, what I heard, or what someone else heard, or what I read on Twitter, or especially in social media, you know, nowadays, everybody has their opinions. Um, and, you know, everybody places their own judgment on something. But right. my, my relationship with God is my relationship with God. And at the end of the day, nobody can save me except for God. And it, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. You know, when my time comes, I got to answer to him. You know, it can't be at Miss Pretty Thing on Twitter told me or tweeted that, you know, God isn't real, so I thought you weren't real. God's going to be like, well, I showed you multiple times that I was real, so that's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, so yeah. we're that excuse. Yeah. So tell me about this. So so you believe in this day and age there's a lot of thought that just says there's multiple ways to God. What what, what do you believe when it comes to that? Um, I, I believe that there's only one way to the Father, and that's, and that's Jesus. And we can see that as, as we read through the Bible. That's 
that's pretty clear. Um, you know, in the Old Testament, some some have said that Melchizedek was was Jesus, or when Melchizedek was the the high priest and was essentially Jesus that taught Abraham. Right. Um, and then so put, Melchizedek is that's not a that's not a coffee drink at Starbucks. No. Right? <laughs> we were going to no. Old, Old Testament survey history. Right? Here we go. Yeah. Um, you know, then but. I think the Old Testament there may may have been somewhat of a different standard, but you know, I'm not I'm not really sure. I know today we live in a New Testament age, and if if you've heard of Jesus, I don't think it's something that you really want to just reject or ignore. Um, but I do think there there are some cases where people may have never actually heard his name before, don't really know, but they accept God and all his invisible qualities as he talks about in Romans one and Romans right. two. Um, and I, I think that the idea is just to not reject God. But there's multiple ways that, that God can reach you, that you can reach God. But if you know Jesus, then let's, let's not reject Jesus. It's kind of like when Peter goes to the house of Cornelius in, in the book of Acts. And, and he finds these people are worshiping God, but they are looking for the, the full revelation of yeah, truth. And like then they, when is, Peter yeah. preaches Jesus, then they accept Jesus and they're baptized with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Good. Um, we could team teach just a little bit, right? Here we go. <laughs> I love it. So, so, so talk, talk to me a little bit. So, I mean, to, to be a Christ follower, because the one thing I, I, I'm impressed with with you is you, you're, you're a thinker. You, you, you're a, I mean, I, I believe everyone's a theologian, meaning we all read Scripture and we reflect on Scripture and then we apply it. But, but you are a real practitioner. Like, this is a passion for you. And when I talk to you at dinner, when we were talking, you, you, man, you were going like old school from Genesis back to then connecting back to Job, then back into the minor major prophets, Isaiah going into the New Testament. Most guys I have a conversation with, I, I don't care, in church 20 years. They, they're just not talking like that. And so, um, so how do you take that level of faith and depth? Because this is serious for you. This isn't just like Sunday morning religion. Um, this is a relationship with Jesus Christ. How do you live that out day in and day out? Uh, I just, it's, it's something that, that's, that's active. Um, I like using the metaphor of my wife. I didn't get married with my wife to just spend time with her on certain days of the week. Right. My, my relationship with my wife is an everyday every second thing, everywhere I go, I take my marriage with me. So everywhere I go, I take God with me. Every day of my life, I need to spend time with God. I can't know my wife if I don't spend time with my wife. I can't know God if I don't spend time with God. It's not that I'm not gonna be saved if I don't read the Bible or I don't pray to God, but it's just gonna be harder for me to understand things that I go through in life. It's gonna be harder for me to understand you know, God in certain in certain aspects is and, you know, it, it may make things tougher, essentially. Uh, so because it's not about religion, it's about relationship. Yeah, it's not about religion. It's about relationship. And something I like saying is I, I think religion has this has this bad stigma to it because, you know, sometimes there's there's some bad apples out there that these really super religious legalistic Christians that are like, oh, you're going to hell because, you know, you dropped the F-bomb today or something like that. And right. it's like being in a relationship with yeah, Christ. I only do that on Tuesday. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> but I get what you're saying. No, there, there, yeah. there's just no grace. There's, yeah. there's, it's like God's like, it's like the Lands Book of Life is a chalkboard and, a, and an eraser. It's like, oh, you're in, you're out, you're in, you're out. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's, it's not like that. But like, so you're... Your, your religion can't make your relationship, but your relationship can end up becoming your religion. I religiously hang out with my wife. 
because my relationship is strong with Christ, I religiously do I religiously do things in regards to, to Christianity. I like going to church. I don't have to you know, I don't Say have to come again. to a building. Oh. I like going to church. Amen. <laughs> I like going to church. Um, I do. I like going to church. And, you know, Jesus said, wherever, wherever there's two or three gathered in my name, that's where I'll be. Right. And I imagine back then they didn't have buildings like this. Yeah. They probably was just on the corner somewhere having a great conversation about God. And that was church. Conversations today seem to end with God instead of beginning with God. We tend to shy away and, oh, don't bring God or religion into conversations. And I think that's because, you know, sometimes people just put God in a box and then they're like, you know, this is this is who he is. This is how he is. And you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Instead of just planting seeds, having conversation and allowing God to move through people and move through conversations. That's awesome. So talk to me. How do you practically do that? Like, how do you in a practical real world way? And because I'm sure the NFL is just totally embracing of Christianity and everybody's a Christ follower. And right. Everybody loves it. Yeah. So how do you do that in a, in a practical way? Um, it's something that uh, you just you just have to I just have to live out. Um, I'm trying I'm trying to think of think of an example. Um, uh, I know there, there's been times where I like I'll walk in somewhere and like a conversation to stop and be like, oh, the Christians in the room, we better calm down. And I'll be like, come on now, like, you don't even know me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember talking to someone, and it's just a, another another Christian brother of mine, and we were just having a conversation about how sometimes it's so, so hard not to, not to slip and fall or something, and somebody really ticks you off. But man, when you tell them off, just make sure it's good. Just get it all out. <laughs> get it all out and make sure it's good because it's, that's not what you want to do. Um, and it's, it's definitely not, not, not what you want to do, but you will fall sometimes. Um, you will stumble. Um, I remember having a conversation with a guy after the, the Aaron Hernandez thing happened, and he came to me and he was, like, he, was like, he was like, brother, I feel bad, man, because I know what he did was for his family, but he going to hell. And I was like, what do you mean he's going to hell? And he was like, he was like, brother, he committed suicide. You can't ask, you can't ask for forgiveness, um, for, for, for committing suicide. And I was like, I was like, okay, so, one, it's not for me to tell somebody else they're going to hell. Now I can hold somebody accountable and say, I'm not sure that's something you want to be doing, but I can't condemn somebody to a place eternally for something that they've done. Now at the same time, with that logic that he had. I'm not sure I'm gonna be able to ask for forgiveness for every sin that I commit right before I die. Right. Something might just happen and then poof, I'm gone. Um, so his grace has to yeah, be enough. His grace has to be enough, as Paul right. said. You know, my, The Lord told him his grace was sufficient. But then at the same time, I share with him that the Bible says the only unforgivable sin is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. I don't know where his relationship with God was, but I don't know if he ever if he ever committed that act against the Holy Spirit. Right. I'm not sure. So I can't say someone else is going to hell. And it was it was kind of eye opening for him that he, because he thought I was a kind of Christian that's like you're going to hell, you're going to hell. But it's he he was kind of shocked that I'm not one to tell somebody they're going to hell. I'm just here to plant seeds and bear fruit. That's good. That's very good. So we got a couple of uh, of questions on from the text uh, from the tweet uh, yeah. the, the text messages here. So. Have you ever thought about being a preacher after football? I have thought about it. Because you got the voice for it, I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you have the body for it, though. That's the question. You know what? 
I'm kind of looking forward to that because that's a body of success. Right here. <laughs> Did y'all hear that? This is a body of success. That bonds her in. <laughs> um, I, I have thought about it. Um, I mean, you made my day. I just want you to know right now. I'm tweeting that out. Because you follow me on Twitter, too. That, made, that was one of my Christmas wishes right there. Yeah, you made it happen. yeah. Christmas came early. Oh, it did. All right. Go ahead. Um, I have thought about it, um, but I'm not really sure uh, which direction, you know, God God wants to wants to put me in um, in terms of that. Um, when I think of preaching, I don't think that that means I have to be standing here on a stage in a church. And I'm just going to put it in quotes, in a church, like a building. Right talking to people. Um, Twitter can be my platform of preaching. Right. Uh, social, well, any type of social media can be my platform of preaching. When I go places and I just talk to people, that can be my, my form of preaching. It might just be something where he just, he needs me to be who I am and have the name that I have so that when I do go somewhere and somebody says, oh, that's Ty Montgomery, and then we engage in conversation, and then I may plant a seed without ever, without not even saying the name Jesus, Right. And God might be in that moment, but that might not have ever happened if that person didn't recognize me as Ty Montgomery, the Packer player. So I've, I've thought about it, but I'm not sure which direction of preaching he wants me to go. All right. In the Bible, which character in the Bible, uh, besides Jesus, that's what they said, have you learned the most valuable lessons from and what was that lesson? David, without a doubt. Um, and there are, there are some others, but I love using the, the example of David because I think, I think what David we know that David was a man after God's heart. And we know how influential in the Bible David was. We know how important he is or important he was, whatever tense you want to use. Um, but there's something that I read that wasn't really talked a lot about in the church. And I think it spoke to, to grace and forgiveness in the Old Testament. Um, I was just like, like how, many, how many of you guys know that David stole another man's wife and then put him on the front lines to be killed. Right. And there's like, I would expect a lot more hands to like go up. <laughs> but what David actually did, this was after David was already anointed, David was already king, David was already in the favor of God, David was already David. And then David knew another man's wife. I just think it's funny that the Bible says, can equates no and yeah. yeah. But David knew another man's wife and then so he wouldn't find out and that he could continue that relationship. He had that man put on the front lines of his armies and then had him killed. So David, David could get any woman he wanted, but he took another man's wife and then had that man killed so he wouldn't find out. Right. But then David is still David. And you mean to tell me that David doesn't have a place in heaven? Devin doesn't have a seat? Right. David, and it, I, th I just think that that's, that's an incredible symbol of grace and forgiveness. It's not something that David, that's who, that's who he, he was in his heart and that's what he did all the time. He, he sought after God, but right. David was still human. And there's an example in the Old Testament of grace and forgiveness. Right, because when he's confronted with his sin, when the, when the man of God comes and confronts him with his sin, mm -hmm. he, do you remember this? What does he do? Uh, he, I don't, I, I don't want to butcher it. I don't want to butcher he it. He confesses it. He owns it. Yeah. He, he doesn't run from it. He's like, oh, you're right. I was wrong. I was that guy, yeah. and I am that man, and that's what I need to do. And then we read Psalm 51. That, that's the prayer that David 
withdraws from that moment and gets blown with God and says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, O Lord, and take not your spirit from me, but restore unto me the joy of my salvation and yeah. renew a right spirit within me. Yeah. Which it's that... That brokenness. That's why I love. It's what. What is it? A smoldering wick and a broken reed. God will never. He. He. It's like the broken heart. He will never turn away from. It's that compassion and that grace of God. That's amazing. It's so amazing. We all need it. We all need it. I don't care who you are. Amen. <laughs> all right. So what about this? Um, if what? Oh, this is a great question. What advice would you give a teenager who's checked out and doesn't follow Christ like they should? Um. How do I want to answer that question? Uh, I would say continue to just be an example and plant seeds. Um, sometimes we don't need to say something to convict people of what they're doing. Sometimes just the way we live our life and us not speaking allows God to speak. So I think sometimes we, we try to speak for God too often. God God will give us something and then... and. And then we'll be like, I hope, well, before God finishes his thought, we'll be like, okay, God, no, 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 I got it. I see what you're saying. And then, boom, we go into action. And God's like, wait a second. I wasn't done talking yet. But, you know, you go ahead. You got it. This might be tough for you for you to figure out. It may take longer than you want to, but go ahead. You got it. Um, so I think sometimes we just need to we need to step back, and then we just need to let that person or that teenager's relationship with Christ, let Christ speak to them and continue to live our life. And let our example, um, our nonverbal actions, our, our actions just speak and be an example and just pull the reins back on our speech. Let, let God speak to them. And um, it's, it's, it's going to be hard to watch sometimes because we like to be in control. Um, but we just have to, sometimes we just have to get out of the way. What, what would you say if you were sitting with a, with a student or with anyone who was like, man, I am just kind of like, I don't know about this thing, this faith in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. uh, there are questions that I have that I can't resolve, but, but I feel like there's something that's real and tangible. And, and uh, man, I, I believe that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, but there's just a lot of, I just don't know. What, how would you, if you were having that conversation of faith, it, just one-on-one -on -one with someone, mm -hmm. how would you, if they're saying, Ty, I just don't know, man. How, how, do I, how do I navigate this? How do I know Jesus is the way? How do I know this is truth? And, and what do I do about that? I would say that those questions, don't be afraid to look for the answers in the Bible. Good. I, think, I think a lot of times um, we, don't, we don't go to the source, and I, I think maybe it has something to do with, with what society has done to the Bible and, and what they've turned into the Bible or what they've turned the Bible into. Um, but I would just encourage anyone any questions, doubts, concerns, anything, look for the answers in the Bible. The, the, the great thing about today is we have technology. Google, Google, Google the question you have and say, what does the Bible say about premarital sex? And I would stay away from the links of just articles with no biblical text, but that's what I do. I Google whatever question I have, and then 
as I start to, to see a trend of where it is in the Bible, I go to the Bible and I read that chapter. If that chapter is not enough, I read the chapter before and the chapters after. If that's not enough, then I read the book. And I stay there until I get the answer that I'm looking for. And then if that's not enough, I go to commentary on the Bible. And I see what people are saying about the particular scriptures, not just their opinion about the, the, the question that I have, but about what these scriptures are saying. And I, I sit there and I wrestle with God and I think that's one of the, I think I, think I told good. you this at, at dinner, that's one of the, the beautiful things about Job is that Job was sort of blessed in the fact that he wrestled with God. That's he good. didn't just turn away from that relationship because everything was happening. He started questioning God, why this, why that? He didn't like the answer that he got, but then we found out later that he was blessed in, in the end. And that's because he stayed with that relationship and he wrestled with God and he had these conversations and these questions. That's good. Yeah, we had have you come back for a Bible study, talk about some Job right there. All right, so um, what I want to do today is I want to I wrap this up. Our time is kind of up, and we want to be respectful of your time as well. But um, I, I want to give you an opportunity, and if you have anything else you'd like to say, I want to give you an opportunity, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, to encounter the same Jesus that the Bible talks about, that Ty's experienced, that I've experienced, that you can experience. And... Um, and just what you were just saying there about wrestling with those questions and walking that out and doing that, that, um, you know, it's coming to a faith in Jesus Christ is not about, it's not about the resolution of every question that you have. It's, it's about you saying, I, I don't know, but what I do know is that Jesus, I believe you're the way, the truth, and the life. I don't know everything, but what I do believe is that you're the son of God and that you died for my, on the cross for my sins. I don't know everything, and, and I, I know, I, one of the things I love about what you talked about, about the grace, is that, you know, um, getting to heaven is not about being perfect. It truly is about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that I love how you say it, that religion, that that religious following comes from my faith in Christ, not because of. We get that in verse so many times. And, and you said something on Twitter the other day, I talked about it yesterday, but where it was a thing about, you know, beyond being an athlete, beyond being all that stuff, you're a child of God. You're someone that, an individual that Jesus died for and gave his life for and not just for you but for everyone and um any other closing comments you want to make before we give people an opportunity to accept christ as savior uh you know i, just, I would just encourage you know if if you have those questions um you know one of the one of the points jesus made was that you can't be religious enough so we have to stop weighing ourselves down and allowing satan to weigh us down That's thinking good. you're not good enough you, you'll never be good enough, so just give up, stop trying. Because I went through that. I went through. I went through. I went through that that period of my life, mm -hmm. and at, at a certain point, I realized that my religion can't save me. I can't do enough good works, but my relationship in Christ, my belief in Christ, is what saves me. And then I'll continue to keep trying and striving as I'm here on this earth every single day. Just don't don't be afraid. Don't weigh yourself down. Stop thinking you're not good enough because you're good enough just as you are. Yes. It was Jesus who said that the healthy don't need doctors. All of us are sick. I know I'm real sick. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I'm on my deathbed and that's what keeps me in Christ. That's good. It's when I'm at my weakest that Christ is at his strongest. You don't need to be strong for Christ. Let Christ be strong for you. That's good. So here's what I want to do. I want to ask you if you'd bow your heads and close your eyes, just everyone in this room, just out of respect for this moment, just no moving around. Just If you just give me like 120 seconds is all I'm asking for.
But uh, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I, I don't want to embarrass you today, but I want to give you an opportunity to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Maybe you've been in church, just like Ty talked about being raised in church. Being in church, being in a church building doesn't save you. It's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that saves you. Maybe you were baptized in church or you were dedicated uh, as an infant. And uh, you believe in Jesus, but you've just never come to the place where you said, you know, I believe that Jesus Christ, you are the way, the truth, and the life. That you're born of a virgin, the son of God, lived a sinless life, died on the cross from our sins, and rose again, just like the Bible said. And I ask you to come in. I love what Revelation chapter 3 says. That Jesus says, I stand at the door of your heart, and I knock. And if you'll open the door and invite me to come in, I'll come in. And I want to give you an opportunity to do that today. Just to simply to invite Jesus Christ to come into your life. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you today, man, and you say, you know what, I'd like to, uh, to, to give my life to Christ, I'm going to invite you to pray a prayer with Ty Montgomery and myself. But if that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand and say, Aaron, that's me. Would you pray for me today? I'm not going to embarrass you. Thank you. Just up and back down. Thanks, 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 thanks. All over the room. Thanks. Up and back down. Thank you. Someone else. Man, that's it. Thank you. Thank you. It's just, that's, that's anyone else. I don't want to, I'm not trying to rush the moment. Thank you. I just want to give you an opportunity. Thanks. I'm not, I'm not questioning your anything. I'm just saying you've just you've just never given your life to Christ in that way. Maybe it's the first time you've been in a church. Maybe you're raised in church. Maybe you come Christmas and Easter. You did First Communion. But you just never said, Jesus, I want you to come into my heart, my life, be my Lord and my Savior. Anyone else? Thank you. Anybody else? Thanks. Just up and back down. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray this prayer. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me with every head bowed. Just, I think, just kind of reverence for the people in the room. And um, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer. And uh, if you believe the prayer that you're going to pray, you're going to be saved. Not because of the words that you're praying, but because of what you believe in your heart. It's the heart. It's what I just talked about a few minutes ago. It's the relationship that David had. It wasn't that all the time that the actions on the outside are perfect. It's by grace that we've been saved through faith in Jesus Christ and that not of ourselves. It's a gift of God that any of us would boast. It's about my heart. It's about my heart. And so Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Period. It's a declarative statement. So I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. Believe this in your heart. And then you're going to cross that line and, and have Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Would you pray this prayer with me? Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus I, ask you I ask you to come into my heart, to come into my life, and be my Lord, be my Lord, and be my Savior. Be my Savior. I am a sinner. I am a sinner. And I believe, and I believe that you, Jesus, that you, Jesus, are my salvation. Are my salvation. I believe, I believe that you're the Son of God. That you're the Son of God. Born of a virgin. Born of a virgin. Lived a sinless life. Lived a sinless life. Died on the cross. Died on the cross. For my sins. For my sins. And rose from the grave. And rose from the grave. Just like the Bible says. Just like the Bible says. I ask you. I ask you to be my Lord. And my Savior. And I choose to follow you from this day forward. In Jesus' name. Amen.